A reading from Psalm 9. These are God's words. <clears throat> For the choir director, Almuth Laban, a psalm of David. I will give thanks to Yahweh with all my heart. I will count all your wondrous deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemy turns back, they stumble and perish before you. For you have maintained my justice and my cause. You have sat on your throne, judging righteously. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in perpetual ruins. And you have uprooted their cities. The very memory of them has perished. But Yahweh abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will render justice for the peoples with equity. Yahweh also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of distress. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, O Yahweh, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to Yahweh who abide in Zion, who abides in Zion. Declare among the peoples his acts. For he who requires blood remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. Be gracious to me, O Yahweh. See my affliction from those who hate me. You lift me up from the gates of death, that I may recount all your praises, that in the gates of the daughter of Zion I may rejoice in your salvation. The nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made, and the net which they hid, they, uh, their own foot has been caught. Yahweh has made himself known. He has executed judgment. In the work of his own hands, the wicked is snared. Hegion, Selah. The wicked will return to Sheol, even all the nations who forget God. For the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted perish forever. Arise, O Yahweh. Do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, O Yahweh. Let the nations know that they are but men. Selah. These are God's words. You can take your seats. In this psalm, we see that David was thanking God for giving him the victory over an enemy. And as he does so, he also attributes all the glory for this victory to the invisible hand of God. He doesn't tell us which enemy was destroyed here specifically. Jewish tradition says that it was Goliath. But the psalm itself seems to indicate that he was thanking God for the victory over a whole nation, which could possibly be the Philistines, uh, since the biblical narrative does tell us that their name was blotted out from the land. Verse 5 and 6 say, You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy has come to an end in perpetual ruins, and you have uprooted their cities. The very memory of them has perished. After praising God for the victory that was in his recent past, at the end of the psalm, David asked God that he would do the same again in the future in verses 19 and 20. Arise, O Yahweh. Do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them in fear, of, uh, put them in fear O Yahweh. Let the nations know that they are but men. 
It is a sad reality that while a sinful man is succeeding, living a trouble-free existence, he will happily ignore God, thinking that the consequences for his sin will never catch up with him. This is why we ought to say to God, as David does here, do not let man prevail. It is the worst thing for a sinner to think that he is winning in life, forging his own path and comfortably opposing God's rule until his death. It is a kindness when God shows himself to mankind through an earthly judgment. By witnessing God's judgments, man is reminded that God exists, he is our judge, and we are frail. Calvin made these comments on the phrase in verse 16, Yahweh has made himself known. And this is a quote. We know that unbelievers, until they are dragged by force into the presence of God, turn their backs upon him as much as they can in order to exclude from their minds all thought of him as their judge. The same is true for nations as it is for individuals. The focus of the psalm is on the unbelieving nations, not individuals. Let the nations be judged before you. Put them, that is the nations, in fear, O Yahweh. Let the nations know that they are but men. A hardened, unrepentant, and unbelieving nation will not consider the judge of the earth until they are forced to see him through his earthly judgments. Consider how this applies to our own country. Our nation proudly goes about its sinful business with its back toward God. We don't want to consider the judge of the earth, so we keep him out of our view, and we are now working to suppress Christian voices in our culture that would warn about his judgment. We think we are doing pretty well here with the godless laws that we've invented, legalizing criminal activity and promoting sin with robbed tax dollars. We've dug a pit all around us, and we don't think there is anywhere for us to fall. But this psalm teaches us that a nation cannot go on sinning without consequences. As many preachers have said before, history is his story, and God will vindicate his justice and wisdom in time. Nations like ours will continue to share the terrible outcome of the nations in Psalm 9 until and unless we finally acknowledge that God is God and we are but men. Verses 15 and 16 say, The nations have sunk down in the pit which they have made. In the net which they hid, their own foot has been caught. Yahweh has made himself known. He has executed judgment. and the works of his own hands, the wicked is snared. So how does this look when a nation sinks into his own pit? Socialist nations create an envious and violent population that eventually eats itself from within. People that bring little economic value to that state or are an economic drag on its systems are eventually considered dispensable. Every place that has tried socialism has sunk into the pit that they made for themselves. Another example of a nation digging a pit for itself is when the families of a nation neglect to raise their children in the ways of God, or they hate having children altogether. That nation will eventually be overrun by the societal ills that come from that neglect and will face major demographic problems in time from a lack of children, as we see in China. There are many pits that our nation has dug for itself, and we are beginning to feel what it is like to fall into them. One thing that this psalm makes abundantly clear is that God will not forget 
that we have been murdering our unborn. In verse 12, it says, He who requires blood remembers them. He does not forget the cry of the afflicted. The short-term future of New Zealand looks bleak. But to fully understand our place in our nation and in history, and if we want to have the right mindset as we sing the psalm, we must consider how our situation differs from David's here in the psalm. David's nation, Israel, that conquered the godless Gentile nations, at that time, at the time of the writing of the psalm, before Christ's coming, represented the kingdom of God on earth. But now the kingdom of God is not seen in the rule and reign of one nation. It exists among all the nations, and it is now advancing through the nations through the work of his spirit-empowered church. For this reason, while we sing the psalm, we should identify ourselves with Zion, as we sing verse 11, sing praises to Yahweh who abides in Zion. He abides with us. This means that we, the righteous, will be on the right side of history. We can place our trust in him, for, in verse 10 it says, You, O Yahweh, have not forsaken those who seek you. Our identity in one sense, in a primary sense, is not with New Zealand. We hope for the current form of this godless nation to crumble, so that one day we will joyfully look upon its ruins and gladly let its memory pass. The church will sing there in the new New Zealand, as David did. I will give thanks to Yahweh with all my heart. I will, will recount all your wondrous deeds. I will be glad and exult in your name. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. So this psalm should fill us with optimism. It should strengthen our faith, knowing that God's larger purposes include a good future for our nation. It should cause us to love God even more as we are worshipping him with these words. So let's sing Psalm 9 now to the tune of I Hear the Voice of Jesus Say. Now, this is really long, and I think that we're going to have to shorten how much we sing. I've put all the verses up there, but um, I'll point to them on the screen, the ones that we're going to do. Um, I tried to edit on my phone, and it was hopeless. So, um, yeah, we're going to do first verse in the middle, two, and then the last two. I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart, your wonders I'll proclaim. I will rejoice in you, Most High, and praise your holy name. Before you, Judge me right. 